Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hola, guten Abend, Buenos dias, how are you? Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors. Summary Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Summary Motors Kia, some great deals on Kias right now. Summary Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf. You can always go online and check out these deals at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, the aforementioned Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Noah Kane out for the year. As uh, James Franklin disclosed in his press conference earlier today. So what turned out to be a great running back room. It was a great running back room. With Journey Brown... And by the way, the door is not closed, by the way, to Jordy Brown playing this year. The door is not closed. Now, if it does happen, we'll see. I don't know. But the door doesn't appear to be totally closed there. But you started out the year with Jordy Brown, Noah Kane, Devin Ford. Now, that's a stack of running back room as you're going to find anywhere in the country. With two kids, Keziah Holmes and Kevon Lee, that have great potential. Okay. It's amazing how quickly things can change. Now, you, last week, the news, Journey Brown, currently not available. Now you go to the next part, and that is Noah Kane, done for the year. And suddenly it's Devin Ford, Keziah Holmes, and Kevon Lee. Yes, you still have three. But suddenly a stacked room gets thin. And that's what you have to deal with. And it's Noah Kane, I can tell you, Noah Kane had a not a good I thought I thought Noah Kane had a fabulous preseason. I couldn't wait to watch him in the game on Saturday. I thought he had a fabulous preseason. And, you know, on the first drive, he's look, he looks he looks like the Noah Kane I watched in the preseason. I'm thinking, all right. And then you can kind of sprinkle in Ford in here and, and do whatever you want. Okay. And then in the middle of the first drive, he went out. I didn't think too much about it when he went out. But then the second series when he's not out there, now Jack and I are looking over like, okay, something doesn't quite feel right here. And then in the third series, we're sitting there, and 
I mean, Jack's got he's got binoculars, and he Jack's checking the sideline to see if he can find it. Because now we're looking around, saying there is something that doesn't feel right here at all. And hey, hey it's you know, injuries are tough to deal with, no matter what. Everybody gets them. It's always amazing how it seems to happen at the at uh, so many times in seasons where it just seems like, for whatever reason, there's an injury at a position. Okay. And then suddenly there's another injury at the same position. And you sit there and go, what the heck? And you get, like, these rash of injuries. It just it's just happenstance, right? It's just complete happenstance. But it's amazing how that happens sometimes, and that's what's happened in this case. Devin Ford goes first. Keziah Holmes, Kevon Lee. They'll be the guys to start with against Ohio State Saturday night. I mean, nobody's going to be allowed in. I think parents maybe on each side. That's about it. They're going to be doing everything they can, though, to discourage people from being in the stadium. And when, I mean, and I mean they're going to do everything they can to discourage people from being physically in the neighborhood of the stadium. They don't want you going there and tailgating. I feel like I'm wrecking uh, all the suit's plans here. I guess in the staff meeting, he revealed a secret plan. I, uh, no. You should do what Greg's doing. Just do it in your backyard. Do it in your driveway. Yeah. Then go in and watch. It's going to be chilly enough anyway. In fact, Pat Fryermuth's family, I thought, had a tremendous setup at their house last week. Well, FS1 showed it. It was a terrific setup. It's a great setup, but there's a reason. They did, did they explain the reason why they have to do that? Because they, they could have, you know, I mean, they were allowed to go to the game. Except the, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts has such strict rules on right. travel, they won't let them. It, it's not worth it to them. In other words, if they went to that game, right, well, that's it. They couldn't do it. They, they'd have to miss the next couple of games. So that's why they're doing what they're doing. Diane is Diane has been tremendous. Diane Frymuth has been tremendous throughout all this, all of this, uh, because uh, she was one of the parent leaders with the letters and so forth. Great. Uh, just great. So. Oh, boy. I will say this. When you look at Penn State and this matchup with Ohio State, I worry, obviously, about Fields running the ball. Now, I know he's coming off a 20-for-21. He hit his first 17 passes. He, He was tremendous in the opener. But I still worry more about his utilization of his legs because I think Penn State has a chance... Right to um, match up decently with their wide receivers because of the corner play. When you look at the job that Joey Porter Jr. and Tariq Castro Fields did in the opener, Penn State's corners are not burned in this game. I, they played about the way I thought they would play, and I think their ability to match up with some really, 
really talented wideouts. Alave, Wilson. The freshman, they have Xavier. I don't have the name in front of me right now. Even though Paul took some time in. By the way, Paul Keels is going to be on the show tomorrow. <laughs> the play-by-play voice of Ohio State. Um, tomorrow being Wednesday, good time to do it. Um, the um, I mean, what? It's amazing. We can get the play-by-play voice for Ohio State. We can't get the play-by-play guy for Shikolami. <laughs> I mean, does that confuse you? I mean, Johnny bit. Holiday, Johnny Holiday, forty-second year play-by-play voice, Maryland. He's on the show next week. We can get him. We can't get the Shikolami guy. Something is absolutely wrong. <laughs> can't make it up. That's why we try to tell the truth as much as we can. <laughs> That's the truth. Paul Keels, legendary voice, Ohio State. Johnny Holiday, legendary voice, Maryland. And we can't get the Shikolimi guy. What kind of statement does that make? You don't know what to say. Just some people are just playing hard to get. I go through that scenario all the time. Imagine, I mean, the legends of this profession are the easiest ones to get. (laughs) If we asked Doug Birdsong to be on, another legend in this profession, he'd be here in a heartbeat. That's exactly right. Meanwhile, those promoting their own brand, he can't get them. <laughs> it's amazing. Can't get it. Can't ever get them. John, Johnny Holiday called me today. John, Johnny and I are Johnny and I are dangerous because Johnny's told many people that if we lived like a couple miles apart, we'd be doing stuff all the time. It probably Kills and I'd be the same way. Kills an awesome guy. So. Is, LaPay, Dolphin, Don Fisher from Indiana, all, a lot of great guys in this conference. He called up today. We talked for like 45 minutes, and we didn't even talk about the game. Oh, my goodness. Shikolimi guy, can't get a hold of him. Have you noticed that? I mean, the chief. The chief in the Valley is legendary. Is that fair? Absolutely. It's It's a fact. On the show every week. Don't even have to prod him. Greg Wetzel, legendary. Okay? Don't have to even prod him. He's there every week. Zach Showers. Okay? Moving his way toward legendary. No problem. Play-by-play play by play guy for Shikolami. Oh, I've got to go. got to run. Too busy. But boy, in the years past, if you asked him about, hey, I'd like to go see this movie. No, I saw it. Huh? 
Like, I've asked him about 12 movies. He saw them all. I was like, well, when did you see it? Well, in the middle of the day. Like, that worries me. All right, we'll come back <laughs> with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Whether you're cheering for L.A. or Tampa Bay in the World Series, you'll hit a home run with a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. Treated like a champion at SMC. Hurry in now and check out the 2020 Kia Fortes. Sunbury Motors Kia has them starting at $17,998. Under twenty grand for a brand new car. Sunbury Motors also has 24 2020 Kia Seltos available. You have to check out this hard-to-find, small-sized, all-wheel drive crossover. All prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Tampa Bay Rays, L.A. Dodge. No matter who wins the national title, you'll be the big winner with a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, uh, Noah Kane uh, out for the year. It was announced today, and go from there. Uh, Devin Ford will, in all likelihood, be the starter. And then it'll be Keziah Holmes, Kevon Lee. So you had a stacked room to begin with. Journey Brown, Noah Kane, Devin Ford, then Holmes and Lee. You're thinking, wow, this is, boy, there's only one ball. Well, now it's amazing how it seems like injuries not only hit, but so often, and there's no rhyme or reason to it, so often they seem to hit sometimes in the same position. Oh, it's only, you know, I remember one year linebackers getting hurt left and right. You're looking around like, you got to be kidding me, another linebacker? Uh, Obviously, Jesse Lucchetta will not be able to play the first half of the game Saturday against Ohio State. This is where I have a real problem with the rules. I mean, a real problem with it. And I said this last year, and I'll, I'll, I'll reaffirm it again this year. This is where you've got to get the conference office involved. And the conference office, which has the ability, I mean, we all, look, I mean, notice all the stuff that we do on Zoom these days. You have the ability to sit down with the officials, sit down with uh, with uh, Bill Carollo, who's a fat... Uh, Bill Carollo, you will hear no criticism of Bill Carollo in this part. Uh, I'm a big Bill Carollo guy, the head of officiating in the Big Ten. And say, hey, let's look at the tape here. All right. First of all, let's start with this. The call in Lucetta is correct. And James is correct in saying, yeah, the receiver ducked his head down, the whole thing. And again, it takes away that. What happens is that you're taught to, to tackle between the shoulders and, and to the waist. Well, Lucetta is tackling shoulders to waist. The problem is that it got eliminated by the receiver ducking his head into the shoulder waist area. And that's how. The, but you, it's helmet to helmet. You have to call that. Have to. Now here's the part about the rule I don't get. I've only seen three, maybe four targeting calls in the last four years. 
where I really thought it was dirty and egregious. I think when you sit there and and as a conference office on a Sunday, you've got time to do this. To look at a play and say, okay, was that egregious enough to warrant missing the first half of the next game? You have time. Take a look at it. You know, Ron Snodgrass is a very good referee. Get him involved in it. Maybe the person that made the call. Okay. Was this one of those where, hey, look, he's just playing. The guy ducked down. He got him. You had to call the penalty. Nothing wrong with the call you made at all, because there is. There's nothing wrong with the call you made at all. But do you think this was egregious enough to suspend him for the first half of the next game? Then make a determination. If you decide that it is, okay, then so be it. You tell James Franklin. You tell Ryan Day. If you look at it and say, hey, look, he's trying to hit shoulder to to waste, and the receiver ducked down. The penalty is correct, but not, but it doesn't warrant the first half of the next game. And you tell James Franklin, you tell Ryan Day, he's available the entire game. And these kind of things can be taken care of easily these days because we all have the video capability and conferencing availability to do it. I said this last year, so this is not, this is not like, oh, Lucetta can't play the first. It had nothing to do with that. I talked about this last year and talking about targeting. It, was, it wasn't even about Penn State. It was about a different game. You think you think that you are changing tackling because you're tacked on because it happened in the second half? All right. You think that's going to change how a guy tackles? Just by th- just by tossing him in the game, you've already sent that message. He's done for that game. He's finished. You already sent the message. Why it's, that's why this rule has needed a lot of tweaking over time. To me, that's amazing. I, I can't stand and have never liked the targeting call in the second half of a game. It means you missed the first half of the next game. I don't care what team it is. It's ridiculous. Remember the, the line? I, I remember what brought this. I remember White, the linebacker for LSU, two years ago. They're going to play Alabama. It's two years ago. You're going to play Alabama. Critical guy in the defense. You watch the play. There's no intent. But he can't play the first half of the Alabama game. You're looking around saying, who comes up with this stuff? That's why you get the uh, the old Marv Levy deal. And this really hurts officiating, the old Marv Levy deal, where he yells out, you over-officious jerk. Well, guess what? Sometimes you're not wrong. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, 
Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Nobody in the stadium Saturday. It was interesting. I was talking with, uh, we're going to have Paul Keels on the show tomorrow. The play-by-play voice of Ohio State. And we're talking about empty stadiums. And it's interesting. I said, you know, you, you know, you and I have always entered the stadium before the gates are open. And, you know, I think what they opened the gates at Beaver Stadium, what, two hours? Does that sound right for a game? So if the game's at noon or whatever, I always have to record something at, like, for a noon game, like 9.45, 10 o'clock. I have to record something that they need. Okay. It's, it's, I've always had to do that. And it's only a two-minute segment, but I still have to do it. So every time I walk into the stadium and walk into the booth, there literally is nobody there. And that's been the, always been the pattern. And so it was different for Jack Ham and me driving into the stadium because, first of all, there's no traffic. Then when you pull in the parking lot, there's a few cars in the corner in the parking lot, and then that's where we were told we had to park. And so that's different. Outside, you're walking in. That's different, too, because even though the gates may not be open yet, the parking lots are filled, every stadium. So that's different. But when you get in, um, there's nobody in the stadium when I sit down to do that segment. Never. A few ushers, that's it. So that was normal. When you start the pregame, yeah, there 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 are fans in the stadium. But to be honest with you, like we're doing the pregame, especially on the road in the booth. You know, you're you're trying to concentrate on what the questions you're getting, what they're trying to do, and we're, you know we're talking. I'm not even looking at the field. When they went to kickoff, I looked around and saw, okay, there's nobody there. All right, fine. Except there were Penn State parents on one side, Indiana parents on on the near side. Once the game started, this is why I told Paul. Once the game started. I didn't even think about people being there. Because now you're locked in on the field. You're locked in on the sideline. Okay, what personnel package is there? You saw Penn State started with Caden Wallace as a sixth offensive lineman. You know, you notice when Noah King goes out, turned out to be the last play of his season. And then Devin Ford comes in. What the wide receiver combinations are. You know, are they going, is Penn State now going nickel or dollar, dime, whatever it may be? And you start looking at that, and you really forget about the fact there's nobody in there. So I found that that to be interesting because you know obviously it's the first game I've done with nobody in there, and even in in stadiums where it was far from full, you still had people in there. All right, so now you got this. This will be the first time in Beaver Stadium with nobody in there. Now, remember, I'm used to being in the stadium as compared to the rest of you. I'm used to being in the stadium with nobody there because I've been to so many scrimmages in Beaver Stadium. So there's usually five, 
six times a year I'm in that stadium. So if you're, so let's say it's five to six times a year. There's probably been between a hundred and a hundred and fifty times I've been in that stadium with nobody there, but not for a game. So we're going to see what that experience is like. You know, I have not had that for a game, so that's going to be interesting. Doug in Wellsboro, to say it is great to hear from you would be an understatement. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Likewise, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? How's everything up in Wellsboro? Uh, pretty good. Leap keeping season's over, and so the town's cleared out. <laughs> okay. we're, we're back down to our massive population of 2,500 people. Tell each of them I said hi. <laughs> I will. Couple questions about Indiana. Sure. Not that we haven't beat this to death. That's um, okay. What, you... what What did they tell the kick returners about as far as returning the kick on a kickoff? Um, are they supposed to yeah. catch it? Is it supposed to be a feel thing? Why did Lamont Wade try and run that thing back? That's you know it, it's it's his discretion, and he's, he's supposed to get help from the off guy. And look, it's the first time he's returned to kickoff, so he thought he could do something with it. Now, I think when he dropped it, you're in no man's land. And this is where it becomes tough. If you drop it in the end zone, you and I both know that if you're in the end zone, he knows he's in the end zone. But he did it right at the goal line. And I think what he wasn't sure if he was in or out. And then he finally figured, oh, I must have been out of the end zone. I got to go. And I think that was it was where he dropped it, then made him panic's not a good word, but suddenly get anxious like well, I better go uh, if uh so that that was the big part of that play is because where it's not that he just dropped it, Doug, it's where he dropped it. He was in that no man's land of I'm not sure if I'm in or out, and so he decided that. Hey, look! I'm not going to leave it up to the official. I just better go because I, I mean, if I if I don't go, and suddenly we're on the half yard line, or it's a safety. <laughs> so I think that's that's what the problem was on that play. Once he muffed it, it's basically a live ball. If he would have just fallen on it, it would have been down right there, right? It wasn't exact exactly. The fair that's catch what I think. Gone. Right, the fair catch is gone, and that's when he dropped it. And again, the ball's kicked right to the right to the goal line area. Okay, you can let it fly over your head. You know, it was going to be close, but you can let it fly over your head and it's just automatic. Second it hits, it's over. Or he decided to field it. All right, so he decided to field it. He dropped it. Now you're in. Okay, was I in or out? Well, I better not, you know, take, uh, take this for granted. I better go. And it turned out to be a field position disaster. At the end of regulation, why didn't they try at least a five or seven yard out? Did you know, they have a timeout um, we, left? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they used it. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, they used it. Um, and but even if they have a running play, there was eight seconds left. If you have a running play, now obviously you take the chance of not getting the first down, the clock runs out. I understand that. Or the play you discussed, throwing a quick out. Okay. Any first down automatically stops the clock. And if the clock is three seconds or greater, 
you can clock it. And that's what I was wondering if they might do that. Run a play, clock it, then kick it. I thought it was worth the risk. The the 57-yard was a little bit – it was right at his edge. Yeah, it's right at his edge. And not only is it right at his edge, Doug, there was enough wind there. And that's something that, obviously, you're sitting at home – and you can't tell, but we we and we reference it from time to time in the broadcast about the wind. The wind gusted up to 18 miles an hour on Saturday, and that's why I you know I know you're right. It's right at his edge, and the wind was a little tricky in there. Even if they threw something quick to Pat right in the middle, and he falls right down, there may be a chance to clock it. I, I don't know that that would be kind of close, but yeah, it, yeah, it had to it had to be a because obviously they'd stop the clock. And if it's a five-second play or less, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think, look, you got a guy who's hit a fifty-seven-yarder, okay, and so you thought he could make it. And you know, I mean, I understand the logic of both. I still thought they might. I was with you. I still thought they might run one more. Play. Um, last thing, that turnover card thing has got to go. Can somebody explain that to me? What is the turnover card? That that one I don't know. When they, when they they held up, they panned over to the sideline. I think Lucetta was holding up that big greeting card. It said something about something Penn State defense, something like that. It's basically the, their version of a turnover chain or okay. the lawn boys chain thing. Oh, that, okay. I mean, Joe would never have stood for that. That's ridiculous. No, it's and you know it's it's what everybody seems to be doing today too, Doug. You know, it's, it, I feel like um if I if I if I sit there, I, I feel like the 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 old guy get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's I mean it's not it's not my it's not my bag. It's not it's it's you know I, I've always. You know, I don't mind celebrating, but you know what? If I'm coaching the team, I mean, do I give the athletes some latitude to have some fun? I would. Now, is it me? No, <laughs> it's not me. That's that's not that's not the way. I mean, I'm not really crazy about things like that. But if I am coaching. I do understand that that you have to give the athletes some latitude to have some fun, even though it really is not my version of fun, <laughs> even though it's not my version of uh, what I think should happen in a game. That becomes irrelevant. I've got to, you know, it's their team, so I've got to let them have some fun with it. And, and so I probably would approach it the same way as James. I'm like, all right, you want to do this, all right? Is it going to be fun for you to do this? Okay. Is it going to be disrespectful to the other team? No. So I would I would let them do it. I would let them have fun with it. I would let them enjoy it because it's a game. There are parts of it you have to have fun and enjoy. Is it something I'm going to sit there and go, hey, this is my idea? Nope, not my idea. <laughs> well, to be brutally honest, I didn't see them holding up the card when they gave up two touchdowns and two two-point conversions of the thing. Where was the card then? They were having fun. Yeah. No, you know, know. That, that's it's, classless. Yeah. Well, everybody's yeah. doing it today. Now, I think, but you know what? I'm one that doesn't notice that stuff. In all seriousness, remember last year at Maryland when the lawn boys thing started? Yep. 
I had to have, I had to have somebody explain it to me. They said, "Well, you're sitting right there." I'm sitting there with a, with 125 players in front of me. I can't see. It, you know? <laughs> oh, that that they put a chain on because you know the, the the TV camera is a better angle, and I don't do the game off of TV. So. <laughs> I didn't even know about it till Monday. Was it you that called me about it, or was somebody else? Do you remember, Doug? It wasn't me. I didn't know. It's the first I've called since the game. No, they, they, you have to go back and look at the TV tape of it. It was. Uh, I'm talking <laughs> about the Maryland. I'm talking about Maryland, though. Last year was it you oh, that called yeah, me yeah. Maryland about the Lawn Boys? And, and I said to you, I said I have no idea what you're talking about because I didn't. Well, you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I did know about it when you called, <clears throat> and here's why. Joanne Ham texted Jack, what's the deal with Lawn Boys? So Jack looks at me in a commercial break and says, what's the deal with Lawn Boys? I said, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> Look at that. Like, am I losing here? <laughs> I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, I don't know. Tell Joanne. I don't know. Right? The only Lawn so, Boys I know is a garden tractor. Right. Exactly right. And I, I, I'm like, okay. I said, can you ask Joanne? What we're watching for here. So then, when they scored another touchdown later, we both like at the same time doom, to the to the screen. So that's what it is. <laughs> so we, we we have no clue what's our. And you're around the team all the time. Well, they don't consult us on this stuff. <laughs> so, so the same thing with the turnover card. It's the first I heard about it was when you just said it now. So obviously I'll be more aware and look for it, and hopefully we'll see that card three or four times on a Saturday night. Yeah. Last thing, what are they going to do for with Justin Fields on third down? He's going to pull it down and run with it. Yeah, that's that's the whole you, yeah. that's the whole key to the game. Jack and I just talked about this on the phone about an hour ago. Uh, Jack called me up. We were talking about a couple of things. And to me, when you looked at Ohio State Saturday, Doug, this is what really surprised Jack and me in watching the game. Now, we all really only watched most of the first half. They couldn't run the ball. I was surprised at their lack of rushing productivity until it came to him. He was able to run the ball. He was able to run the ball all day. He was also 20-21 in his first 17 passes. All right, pretty good. But you have to spy him. There's just no getting around it. You have to you have to spy him. Now here's here's the plus to spy him. That I think is your best shot to slowing him down when he ad libs. But the negative is it does take a guy out of pass coverage. And to be honest with you, Pat, Sean Clifford ran the ball well enough where Ohio State may have to think the same way. Where it takes a guy out of pass coverage in order to handle this, and I think that's something that. It gives you the best shot of controlling him, but at the same time, you have to compensate because you took a guy out of pass coverage to do it. I'm not even sure who can do it. Mike is gone, so I'm not sure who has. I'm not sure Brandon Smith is up to it yet. Uh, and the other guys, I don't know, are fast enough to get to spy him just one on one. They're going to have to do something. No, if, if third down, they got to get a, him off the field somehow. I'm not a coach at all, so this, I want to see what they want to do with it. They'll know better than I will. But off the top of my head, you know the first guy I'd think of? Just as a suggestion. Lamont Wade. True. He's playing up in the box anyway. He might be to me, he might be the kind of guy that 
maybe you could use him in that role. I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing darts to the wall and seeing if anything sticks. Uh, they're the experts. I'm not. That's a good idea. See, that's that's worth a shot. You know, I mean, it's just you're thinking about who can play the run, who's quick enough, who can read him. Um, and then, you know, I mean, Ellis Brooks is another guy that can certainly do it. I, mean, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, Doug, I really like Ellis Brooks. Not a little, a lot. Uh, he's really good in pass coverage. He really knows how to play the game. I mean, that he's certainly another possibility as well. Lance Dixon, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that um, Lamont, uh, that uh, Lance Dixon is the guy that has to play for Lucetta in the first half of the game. And that's going to be a big loss. Okay, well, uh, thanks for taking my call today. Um, I'll send you a turnover card for Christmas this year. That Doug, that would be great. Uh, I'm really looking <laughs> forward to it. Uh, and make sh- make sure all 2,500 people in town sign it. <laughs> I will take. I'll do that tonight. <laughs> thanks, Doug. <laughs> thanks, Steve. Bye. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WK. It's always interesting. Uh, we, boy, we have great callers. You know, Doug in Wellsboro always asks very, always has excellent insight and always asks very thoughtful questions. I mean, Dick and Milton, same way. We've had some great callers over the years. Uh, a lot of thoughtful conversation on this show because of the callers. Um, and I appreciate each one of them very, very much. Very much. So, Doug, thanks for the call and for the offer of the card. I mean, it's, I mean, let's be honest about it. Here. I mean, yeah, I must have not was not paying attention at that point because I didn't see that either. No, but I mean, he offered to send me a turnover card for the holidays. <laughs> I mean, well, that's great. There you go. I mean, can you possibly? I mean, I am living well. Definitely. Yeah. So. And then what you should do is once you get it. You use it for the hopefully then bowl game for the Steve Cam, Steve and Jack Cam, and then you have it for all next year. People watched that the <laughs> other day. Can you believe that? I can't even believe that. I People am not surprised it. at all because, you know, I watch Merrill Cam all the time for the Eagles, and it's the greatest thing ever. So I still need to find your Cam. That's unbelievable. I said that way. <laughs> I said nobody's gonna watch this. That's what they said. To, oh yeah. They said, "Oh, you." They said, "You'd be surprised." Color me surprised. <laughs> I can't. I, I sat there with. You won't believe the number of people that are watching this thing. I said, "What?" All right. Ah. <sighs> It's called Behind the Mic. We refer to it as Booth Cam. To be honest with you, you forget about it. You know, I mean, the cameras, I guess they have a camera over our shoulder. So I don't see that. And then they have one to my right. Like, all right. Whatever. (laughs) No offense. I mean, I don't really want to go to anybody's office and watch them work. What the (laughs) 